You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Much. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 94. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week is Mr. Matt Much. Don't be confused, but I do like vests also. And that's it. No Vest Lord, no Evan John. It's the two of us flying, well, not solo, flying duo this week. Flying like a biplane, like an old World War One like fighter jet. Yeah, like style, the Wonder like the Twins. What? Shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Uh, what? Yeah, all right, whatever. So it is officially Comic-Con season. Comic-Con kicked off today with a ton of news stuff that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before we do that... We're going to go ahead and take a look at three books uh, that came out this week. And we're going to start off with the one that I disliked uh, the most this week. Or I, I suppose let's put a positive spin on it. The one that I liked the least. Uh, and that is Betty and Veronica number 1 from Archie Comics, written and drawn by Adam Hughes. Um, so I think we've established before on the show that I am not a fan of Archie comics. I've never really liked him. Uh, you know, used to pick him up standing in line at the grocery store with, you know, my grandmother or whatever. Cause it was just something to look at, but I never, I never bought them. I never read them. I just, I just don't like it. Archie is not my thing. Sure. They're tr- What about you, Matt? Are you, no, I, I don't I remember have you and Archie no guy? interest. I have no interest in Archie either. <laughs> But I okay. did pick up the modernized Archie and did like it, at least for a few issues. It kind of got thrown off. Um, I guess I'm a pretty visual guy, so I got thrown off when they immediately changed artists. And Yeah, that's was, weird. Yeah, I didn't like weird. that. But I thought the material was good. It's a really uh, uh, sensibly m- modernized property. It was good. Yeah, but, that that uh, one wasn't too bad, but that was that was Mark Wade, and um, true. This is not not Mark Wade. This was this is all Adam Hughes. Um, yeah, and I like Adam Hughes. So so do I. First things first, the book looks gorgeous. So good. I mean, just the looks the so Adam good. Hughes oh, artwork is is stunning in this book. Um, as Adam Hughes always is like he, he, the colorist that he worked with in this book, which was, uh, um, Jose Villarubia. Um, Oh, he didn't I think color it. To, uh, no, he didn't color it. Oh, um, okay. but I think he and Villarubia have worked together before because the, the, the palette that is used here, absolutely stunning artwork. However, that is where this book lost me. <laughs> Once we got past the artwork, it is, um, man. There is just, this was like reading a novel. This yeah, week. it's really I, like wordy. I, I messaged the group. Um, I was 11 pages into the book, and I was very upset that it wasn't over yet because I felt like I had read three trades by that point. Like, it, there was so much. And not, it's not that I have a problem when books are wordy. It's just if you need that many words to tell a comic book story, I kind of feel like you're doing it wrong. You need to let the pages breathe a little bit. Yeah. And I there wasn't any breath here. This was 
this really read like a novelization. There was just there was there was too much going on. And the story that we get here is uh well it, it starts it opens up with uh with a dog, with Jughead's dog. Um he's a very well spoken dog. Uh he's got a big uh, a big vocabulary, a, a college vocabulary, if you will. Yeah. Um and he is uh he is explaining uh, why we see on this first page here, uh, Betty and Veronica just attacking the shit out of each other. And uh, as we go through, we get just way more backstory than we need to um, about Pop's restaurant. The, the neighborhood diner is closing down and they're getting bought out by this big coffee conglomerate. And Betty and Jughead and Archie are trying to figure out what they're going to do to save the place. Veronica seems kind of disinterested, and we find out on the last couple of pages that the reason Veronica is disinterested is because her dad owns the company that owns the coffee house that is buying Pop's restaurant and is going to shut it down, and now everybody's pissed off at Veronica, and they're going to fight. The, the one odd thing about that um, point of dissent, I think that's the right word, is that mm -hmm. that happens over the course of the comic. She doesn't like right. the truck driver that almost hits them. So I think it actually happened that she had her father buy the company and then he took ownership and then they fired the truck driver. So it, it didn't originally start out that her father was, you know, the bad guy. <laughs> mm. Arguably the bad guy. Uh, like... Yeah, I, she does see, that I was in the so background. Disinterested. Yeah, I was so disinterested in this, I didn't even pick up on that. But I think you're right because earlier in the book, as the friends are sitting down on the curb discussing what they're going to do, this uh, this truck, like a delivery truck, comes speeding by, and you're right, it almost hits them. And uh, Veronica says something about being super pissed off, and my father is not going to like that. And then you know, like you said, lo and behold, at the end of the at the end of the book. You know, her father is now in charge of this this company. Yeah, so um, I think that actually happened in the comic anyway. That that's possible. I'm not gonna lie. I tuned out for some of it as I was reading through because there was just so much to get through. Um, and I I liked it. <sighs> One thing that I did notice is that I I think it's wordy, but it is mm -hmm. well written. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's, it's gorgeous and, uh, it's not super original, but that's kind of okay. I mean, it's not necessarily a negative, but it's certainly not a positive that it's not original, but it's, it's kind of classic. And I think it, that's, that's fine. Yeah. It, it feels like Archie. Now for me personally, there wasn't enough in this book for me to say, yes, I want to pick up the next one. But I think if you are a fan of these characters, this is a very faithful updating to the modern era of what these characters who have been around since, I think, the 40s. Yeah, um, faithful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a very faithful updating to this. The These are modern characters in a modern situation making modern jokes but still faithful to the original core concept that was developed 40 years ago. It just so happens that that concept I am completely disinterested in. 
that's even as, that's as, fine. Even as pretty as this is and as well written as it is, this is not for me. Now, I, what what do you think? Should would you recommend people pick this up? I think so. Um, okay. I would because it's a a number one. Uh, okay. Because it's a it's a fresh modernization, and it's worth looking at, if only to discover that you don't like it, like you did. But I mean, it it's not like we're saying, oh, well, this is just another Betty and Veronica pickup issue nine hundred and fifty three <laughs> because we right. say so. It's it's right. a number one, and it's new creators. I mean, it's established creators, but it's new to the property. Sure. And um, I think, and because I liked it pretty well, I'd say pick it up. But I can obviously respect if you say no. Well, and see, that's the thing. With as down as I sound on this book, and I am down on it, I would still say pick this book up. Um, really, for, for the points that you brought up, you know, the, this is a, a brand new creator to this to the Archie world it is a faithful updating you might find out that this is your new favorite book I, it, yeah, it certainly could. wasn't mine but uh, but I would definitely say pick this up and give it a shot because like you're going to see here with the third comic we're going to talk about there is room for everything on the comic stands and I am I am happy that this book exists it is by no means a bad book you know I'm I'm not that cocky certainly yeah and like so, I was really excited. Like, and just go back uh, when the new Archie came out, and mm -hmm. you know, thanks to Mark Wade, I was just like, "Oh my God, this is like a revelation." I never picked up an Archie comic. Have they always been this good? Is this just a great rebooting? I really like it, but because of what it actually is, which is teenage angsty drama with comedy. It just it didn't hold me because I'm not into that, so I dropped off three issues in. But the first one, which is part of why I think it's worth picking up this first one too, is just I was thrilled with it. Mm -hmm. So you gotta you gotta find out, I guess. I guess is what I mean. I think it's a worthwhile risk this week, and there, to be honest, there also wasn't a lot of other stuff uh, that was new this week. So if you're looking for something new, something to check out, you could do a lot worse than uh, than Betty and Veronica number one. You could do so, a lot worse. Oh, there's the, the fan service in the middle of the issue. Yeah, there's a little bit of fan service. Uh, Betty and I Veronica don't know why in bathing they suits. did that, though. Because uh, they Hughes, literally not have time. Girls. To, yeah, but did he literally not have time to do those 12 panels or whatever? I don't know. I don't it's, know. But it's kind of funny. It was pretty funny. And maybe it was just played as a joke. The whole thing is very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was think, just played as a joke. Like I but. think they're aware that it's not incredibly original material. It's it's classic material. Well, and it is very hard to do new stories. I mean, well, we yeah, see this all I the mean, time with the main superhero books, but it's very hard to do new stories with characters that have been around and have been in the high school. The Archie characters have never progressed in the main Archie books anyway, past more than two years maybe. I mean, so we're talking, you know, 60, well, no. 70 years of publishing for two years of growth. Well, no, I think they they grow up because Archie splinters and he's married Betty and he's married Veronica. And that's why he had the double issues, right? So they no, grew. I don't, I don't Maybe I'm wrong. I Every time I go to the grocery store, the, the local fucking Acme, 
there's still Archie in high school. And maybe the reprints. I have see that's the thing. I have I really I think, have no idea. I think there's what multiple timelines in the Archie world. There's that's at weird. least maybe two timelines. Maybe there's going to be a convergence level event, and we'll oh get a nice God. gritty Archie reboot. Two Archies. All the Archies just murdering each other, just death and destruction in Riverdale. And like Archie meets Punisher, Archie meets <laughs> Alien or Predator. Or both. I don't Predator. Know. Yeah, Archie meets Predator. That was my favorite Archie book, but, you know, <laughs> Predator. So, but all right, so pick it up. a little divided, but yeah. Yeah, still pick it up. Um, next book we want to talk about this week is a new DC Universe number one. That is Justice League number one. Justice League proper. Written, uh, not drawn, by Brian Hitch and with art by Tony Daniels. Now, Brian Hitch is usually known uh, for his artistic chops, right? This is, this is the guy that kind of brought, along with Mark Millar, when they were doing the Ultimates for Marvel and the Ultimate line, the really cinematic approach to comic book storytelling. Some would argue it was for the worst. Some would argue it's for the best. You know, Brian Hitch is one of those guys who, who undoubtedly draws pretty pictures, but as far as the storytelling and what he's done to the industry is concerned, there's a bit of, of a debate. His writing, on the other hand, has never been the most loved aspect of his career. So for him to get the main Justice League book is a pretty big deal. That's showing that DC has a lot of faith in him. Yeah. And after this issue, I'm not entirely sure why. Okay, yeah, I agree. It's not a bad issue. No, but, but uh, it's not super. But it's not. Yeah, it's not anything that we haven't seen before, even though it's sort of dressed up as something that we haven't seen before. So our book you, starts off. How do you with, mean? Well, we'll get there. OK. Our book starts starts off with uh, Wonder Woman in the middle of a fight. She's just kicking all types of ass. Uh, Tony Daniels' artwork is phenomenal throughout this entire book. Uh, this is a very Gal Gadot-inspired Wonder Woman from yes. Batman vs. Superman, Certainly. without question. That is where this costume comes from, and it looks great on the page. You know, for once, Wonder Woman doesn't look ridiculous in the middle of a battle. She looks like like a warrior, yeah. you know, like a like a warrior princess kicking a lot of ass, and she's she's fighting these Russian terrorists somewhere beating the shit out of this entire army, and in the middle of this fight, an earthquake happens. And the earthquake happens not just in Russia, but begins to happen all over the world. And we then cut to some news reports of it, you know, can the superheroes save us? The earth, the, the world's crust is fracturing. And... So many of these cities are built near fault lines, and, and there's just going to be death like you wouldn't believe. If the Earth were to crack at its crust simultaneously all over itself, to answer the question that is asked here by the reporter, can the superheroes stop this? No, <laughs> they can't. That would be the end of life on this planet. It, it just would. So... You know, but taking that out of it, we get the Justice League then in different locations around the world uh, trying to save 
people. So we get the two Green Lanterns that are here as part of this Justice League. They're newer Green Lanterns, uh, Boz and Jessica. They were there, I think, towards the end of the new 52 stuff. I don't know, to be honest. We weren't reading that. Yeah, but so, now, now they're front and center. Now they're front and center with Hal being off-world doing his thing. So Boz and Jessica, we see them in Beijing. They're making a bunch of constructs to hold buildings up and whatever, and there's you know a bunch of people out there taking photos of the heroes there. Because that's uh, all people can over, do, hold up their cell phones all... as the earth crumbles. A- and you know that would be happening. Oh, absolutely. I, it's true to life. There, there would be Snapchat stories about, you know, all that shit. So then we cut over to Cyborg. He's in New York, um, it, at least is my assumption anyway. Um, yeah, there's a subway sign. Yeah, yeah. So he's in New York. He's trying to take care of what's happening in the subways. Uh, he has to go and stop a train. <laughs> Which he is, does uh, in a really poorly thought out way, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like a speeding train being smashed into by cyborg to stop it would end up killing most of the people on the train. Yeah, he would go through it like a shot bullet, but whatever. It's comics. Right. Comic book logic, comic book physics. It's fine. So we take that with a grain of salt. He ends up saving this subway, even though if, again, if if things were cracking along the fault lines, those subways would have been flooded already. Everybody down there would be dead. Totally. Um, 100%. Yeah. The Flash is out in uh, San Francisco. He is running around saving a bunch of people. Uh, we know I, just the fact that California is still standing in this issue with the level that they're talking about. Because the news, I forgot to mention, the news reporter does say that this is an extinction-level event. If an extinction-level event earthquake hits the United States, California is done. It's gone. That's it. Like, that's it. It it will fall into a sinkhole. Like, it will collapse in upon itself. So, whatever. Again, comic book logic. Flash is running around. Then we cut down to Atlantis. Atlantis is getting destroyed. Aquaman's there trying to help out. So, we're getting all of this destruction. Um, and in the middle of this, we see some word bubbles pop up. And stolen power, our power is what it says. Guardian, keeper, watcher, your time is over, blah, blah, blah. And... Instantly, we have zombies, and they are the dead of this event. The casualties of this event start talking to the heroes, saying that we are the kindred. We're coming back. Your time's over. You're going to die. And the living. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we then cut over to Gotham, and there is, uh, you know, Batman's talking to Cyborg. The Superman is flying all around trying to do whatever he can. Uh, He saves the president at one point, it says. And then we cut back over to Gotham, and there's this uh, very Batmobile-looking spaceship (laughs) that crashes into Gotham. And a bunch of Gothamites are standing around it, and some weird technobugs come shooting out of it. So maybe that means Brainiac. Maybe that means Annihilus. Maybe they're crossing over with Marvel. Who knows? Um, (laughs) But... uh, it was really at that point where I started to like, okay, enough. I, you know, like I get it. You know, we, we see Atlantis falls down into a sinkhole. Um, yeah. That was a big deal. That was huge. They took that all a lot of these. Worse. Uh, yeah. All of these Russian soldiers come jumping at wonder woman and, uh, really she, world war Z style. Yeah. Yeah. Very world war Z. That's, that's a really good 
description of it. They're just flowing over like water. Yeah. But she, you know, kind of explodes with the strength of an Amazon princess. Which I didn't know she uh, could do. No, I didn't know she could either. Or Um, I didn't know she could manifest a lightning bolt. But whatever. New Wonder Woman. Well, you know, new Wonder Woman. New universe. Uh, so we, we end with Wonder Woman looking again, really badass. The, the artwork is great. Uh, she says, you know, the kindred hear me now. I have friends and we're coming for you. And it's like, okay. Like, so the reason that I said at the beginning of this, that it's not a bad book, but I don't really understand where, where the faith comes, comes from for Brian Hitch here is that this is a cosmic story and there's nothing new. This, the reason that I said, you know, maybe Annihilus is crossing over with the Marvel Universe is because this is very much like the Annihilus event that was happening in the Marvel Com- Cosmic Universe eight, nine years ago when they did all the, the different Annihilation crossovers there. I did it's, enjoy that. I loved that. I thought it was great. It's real good but, stuff. You know... Uh, I have to... I mean... Actually, in a way, very little happens in this issue. Nothing happens. Almost nothing. (laughs) Now, obviously, tons of stuff is happening because the entire shell of the Earth is cracking open and everybody everywhere is going to die, but also at the same time, almost nothing happened. So you kind of... You do... I want to know what happens, but I'm not, like, invested in it. I'm like, oh, what is this? But I'm not itching to see what happens right i will i will certainly uh, you know go ahead and read the next one but uh, i'm not i'm not thrilled about it i wanted to be thrilled with a new justice league book. yeah because it's justice league it's supposed it's, to be great it's supposed to be a grand adventure and this this feels like everything i've seen before just with new artwork See, a lot of the talent has been channeled into the solo books. That's true, but I mean, you got Brian Hitch and Tony Daniel, you know. It just, it feels very similar to what I've seen Hitch do in the Ultimates, the runs that he did with Mark Millar, and I, those were better. I'll just go read those. This doesn't, this doesn't really have anything new for me. Like I said, I I will probably end up checking out the next one. So will I. But, I mean, and again, are we getting back to Bat-God already? I don't like Batman. I really don't like him being involved in the Justice League. I know that's kind of sacrilege, but... You don't? But, like, I don't like him there. He doesn't belong fighting Darkseid. Ever. Like, he just doesn't. It's Mm. not... No no room for the world's greatest detective? Uh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> just really not. I mean, and, and I'm sure that this is somehow going to tie back to the Guardians because the Guardians are all missing in the Green Lantern books. They, they've all disappeared. Sinestro is... I, I think he has taken Warworld to where Oa used to be in the universe because Oa isn't there anymore. So all of this stuff, I feel like it's going to come to a head. And again, it just, I don't know, it feels like so much of the same thing all over again. And it shouldn't when we're dealing with a big, huge reboot here. Uh, maybe that's just me being a jaded comics book, 
comic books fan, but... No, I think they have to appeal to new audiences and seasoned audiences, and they've missed the seasoned audience. Because, I mean, new people have never seen Annihilation Wave before, right. but we have. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe if I had never read that, it wouldn't have jumped so much to the forefront of, of my mind while I was reading this book, but... I mean, I would say if you're a huge Justice League fan and you didn't have anything else to pick up this week, go ahead and grab this book. If you're on the fence about it, give it another couple of issues because this is the sort of thing where Brian Hitch might only be on this book for like six issues, you know? <laughs> like, is that, all right, is that it, true? You, it, it, when when you get these big high profile story things and they don't do the numbers that they want them to do it gets spun as the creator only had one story to tell but that's often not the case they're just politely asked to leave the book mm. so i could see this going one of two ways i don't think brian hitch will be on this book for very long before uh tony daniel just takes over the writing and the artwork which i don't think uh the book would suffer tony daniel's a very good writer so um, I would say, you know, give this another month or so uh, before you pick it up. Let in, let another couple of issues jump, get out there, and and see where this is going. Matt, what about you? Um, yeah, give it a couple. Want to know, but I'm not, you yeah, know, by, I'm not excited would, for it. I would say by issue three, you're gonna know what this book is. Yeah. So, all right. Last book we want to talk about this week, the new Brian Lee O'Malley book, Brian Lee of Scott Pilgrim versus the World Fame, a book that I adore desperately. I love the movie. I'm very excited about the the Funko Pop figures that are coming out of of Scott Pilgrim and Sex Babam. One of my very favorite properties that there has ever been. His new book is out through Image. It's called Snot Girl. Uh, it's Brian Lee O'Malley doing the writing. Just makes art. you giggle. It does. Oh, it's great. Um, the art is by Leslie Hung. And what we have here is the story of a fashion blogger named Lottie Pearson. And she is kind of an asshole. Yeah. To a point. Um, I don't think she wants to be an asshole, but she is for fulfilling a persona of being out in Los Angeles and being a fashion blogger and her hair is always done and her makeup is always done. And, you know, there's, there's little blogs or little, not blogs, but little blurbs next to the main characters when they pop up and her says, you know, fashion blogger, her style is effortlessly chic, you know, and uh, she thinks she gets recognized at a diner, but it turns out the people thought that she was somebody on Game of Thrones and she starts texting uh, the other girls who were supposed to meet her for brunch, the haters brunch, they were calling it. And uh, she has different names for them. Uh, so she has, you know, the one girl is named Norm Girl. The other girl is Cute Girl uh, because she's too cute. There's a lot of uh, text talk going back and forth. And it's just, she just is like the worst type of person. Kind of, yeah. In the beginning of this book. <laughs> you know, like I, I just... I read this and it, you know, and it's everything I hate about what our society has become. And I am partially like it too. Like there's a point in this book where they talk about, you know, a hipster who doesn't ever look up from his phone and is just an asshole, you know, about stuff. Or no, actually, that was an Archie. Maybe that's why I didn't like that book because it fucking was talking about me. But 
you know, it kind of goes. Not you. Yeah, was, you know, well, you know. Um, but she's saying, you know, like, I just, I, my boyfriend and I are on a break. All my friends are horrible people. You know, my life is perfect other than that. Oh, yeah. And this other thing. Apparently, she has really bad allergies. And, you know, like cosmic tear allergies, apparently, because God yeah. level allergies or maybe devil level allergies, depending on your religious beliefs. But, you know, she she then goes on to say throughout the book, you know, on my blog, I'm perfect. Everything is where it's supposed to be. All my outfits are together, you know, but in real life, you know, she has just got snot fucking pouring out of her nose like this ridiculous amount of snot she's got tissues mushed up in there and just a disgusting level of snot coming it out is, of this girl's face. It is a little absurd. It is absurd. And I think that's whole the point. Like this is, this is absolutely an absurdist book. Um, yes. Getting a point across though. So yeah. she, uh, she ends up going uh, to get some coffee and she meets this girl who apparently has the same, the same coffee order that she does. And, uh, you know, they're coffee twins and they're both bloggers. So they're blogger twins. And, you know, she's going to call this girl cool girl. And, you know, she's just going to, you know, they're going to be best friends. And this is going to be the best thing ever. And this is my brand new friend. And I'm so excited about it. She's so cool. I want to be like her, you know, and then she starts doubting herself. She goes to the doctor's office, her, her allergist, uh, new guy gives her, there's a new doctor there. Uh, she can't decide if he's too old or not to be cute. Which is, you know, just, ugh. Like, I, I hate this girl, but feel bad for her at the same time, which I think exactly. is the point. I think that's the point of the book. I think, uh, if so, it's very well executed, because, yeah. That's just, like, bleh. Yeah. She, uh, she gets some new allergy medications, uh, because her allergies do, in fact read her life or rule her life uh the prescription on the bottle tells her to take one pill per day as needed and not to operate heavy machinery or make important life decisions after she has taken one of these pills so she takes a pill goes out to meet her new friend at a bar um as she is at the bar she sees her ex-boyfriend who is uh there with his new girlfriend they're drinking whiskey and she starts to snot again because it, I guess it just happens to her when she's embarrassed or when she's crying or whatever. She just starts ridiculous amount of snot pouring out of her nose. She goes into the bathroom to take, take another pill. She can't remember if she took one earlier in the morning or not or earlier in the day. Spills a bunch of pills all over the place. Her friend comes in to check on her and then slips on the pills and either hits her head on the floor or on the sink, but she appears to be dead. Is that what happened? Because I couldn't even figure that out. She was just... She came yeah, in, and then she made fun of her, and then she... Oh, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, she fucking dies. Yeah, she slips on some pills, because they're little circle, like circular pills. They're like pearls, almost. And she slips on one, and Caroline is just dead, and that's where the book ends. And it was fucking awesome. It was really good because Brian Lee O'Malley is a really good writer and I'm really curious to see where the fuck this book is going to go because it is just a slice of life story I think anyway I could be wrong of a very particular life 
a very particular life. Oh. Uh, I just realized. I, I'm, what's that? You, know, you you can go ahead, but. No, no, what'd you realize? Oh, I just realized that she didn't actually disseminate the nickname Snotty. Like, the only thing, the only person that heard uh, her make fun of her is the protagonist, Lottie. Right. She. Yeah. So that that was an important point. Lottie has given a nickname to everybody else, uh, but has never given one to herself. And this girl Caroline that she wants to be super cool with, uh, also nicknames with, in, people. Yeah, nicknames her Snotty because she has so much snot coming out of her face. But luckily, she fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Maybe she's not dead because this. Because then not. the funny thing is that the premise is a little weird because then the only turmoil is happening inside Lottie's head. Yeah. Because she, yeah, she like didn't nobody have, else has seen this. She nobody didn't else have time to tweet anything. before she wiped out. <laughs> not to mention the it's, fact that no pharmacist on earth creates a pill that's so hard that it wouldn't crunch under a shoe. Right, right. It's well, very I don't true. know. That, that's what I think, anyway. No, I, I imagine you're correct. Or maybe I'm just chubby and would like to think that. I don't know. Oh, but... I, I'm chubby, too, so maybe it's just wishful <laughs> thinking. But maybe anyway, it it's, it's really angsty. It's really shallow and vapid. But there's something there. I want to know what, where this goes. I want to know what's going to happen to this girl. I'm curious as to where Brian Lee O'Malley is going with this because he is an immensely talented creator. Yes. You know, have you ever read the Scott Pilgrim stuff? I didn't read it. I saw the movie, enjoyed the movie, haven't read it though. The books are absolutely incredible. Okay. I mean just just absolutely incredible books. This guy is fucking talented, man. There's something here. There's, you know, enough for me to recommend this book to the group last week of, hey, let's read a book called Snot Girl because it's by Brian Lee O'Malley. Which so I am. I would have interested. suggested as a joke, but then you came forward and we're like, <laughs> yeah. No, we're doing this for real. It's on. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I, this is a definite buy from me. Um, Matt, it sounds like it's a definite buy from you as well, right? It's not as definite as your buy, but it's a it's a buy. It's a okay. We'll take that. That's good. So, but the, and that's kind of the point that I was getting to earlier when we were talking about Archie. Of there is so much room on the on the comic book shelves nowadays. We we read this week an Archie reboot. A book called Snot Girl and Justice League number one. They pretty much ran the gamut. We just didn't read a kid's book. Right. And we could have because there was plenty. We could have picked up Jonesy number five, but right. let's not. Let's, let's not do that. So, so that's our, uh, our, our three books for the week. But we wanted to talk about a couple of things uh, that were happening that popped up at San Diego Comic-Con uh, so far today. As we are recording this episode... News is still coming out. It's only day one. Not all of the big stuff has happened yet, but just a couple of uh, just uh, quick things that are coming out. This I didn't put into the chat, so we'll just get your organic for real reaction to it, Matt. It's not even that big of a deal. 
the United States Postal Service is going to issue Wonder Woman stamps this October. Really? Yeah. Have they have they ever done anything? Have they ever done Wonder Woman stamps? I don't believe. I believe this is the first time They've that there will be done Wonder Woman superhero stamps. stamps. Right. Those have happened. Yeah, gets her own stamp for seventy fifth. So that's probably the. F- oh no! Here's some. I think they've done Wonder Woman stamps before. Maybe. But I don't know. But it's more of a seventy fifth anniversary thing. Right, and the the stamps cover some iconic Wonder Woman looks. Her very first look up to her current appearance. So I think this is cool. I don't know if it's is it enough to get you to buy stamps. I buy stamps. I'm, it's not enough. It's not enough to make me collect stamps. Okay, but fair enough. I mean, I can't imagine what would make someone start other than interest. <laughs> like, I don't know where that would come from. I don't think they've ever done them before. These are just like custom stamps on stamps.com. So they, I don't think they have. I could be wrong. This could be brand new. They're obviously new issue. It's cool. It's good. It is cool. I like it. I like that. Pop culture. Pop culture in the United States Postal Service. Go out and buy some stamps before they close down. Um, next, a little bit of news. There are some rumors going around that Ghost Rider is going to be joining the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. But really? that it's not, it's not going to be Johnny Blaze. No, it's the new it, one, right? It's not going to be Dan Ketch. It is going to be Robbie Reyes yeah. from the Marvel Now Ghost Rider that made it all of seven or eight issues, I believe. No. It wasn't a bad book. I liked it. But this seems to be where things are going. I thought I trailed off. Did I read the entire series? You might have. It didn't oh. last very long. That's kind of too bad. It was all right. It was okay. It was Ghost Rider with a car instead of a motorcycle. Um, he was a, a Latino kid mm-hmm. in uh, where, where was, was the story taking place in California or was uh, it? New York? Yeah. LA. LA. Okay. So it was a Latino kid out in LA, got the power of the ghost ride. I don't really remember it. Special needs, little brother. Okay. Yeah. The special needs, little brother, um, it took had on the car. It was pretty cool looking car. It was it was an okay book. Like the artwork was really weird and different and I liked that part of it. Yeah, it was but... really different and good, which you don't often encounter. Mhm. Mhm. Uh it takes on a lot of uh Latin culture, stereotypical Latin culture and uh issues like with having a differently able sibling and bullying right. and stuff like that. So it was it was chock full of um, what do you, what do you want to just issues? I, what do you? What am I supposed? The I'm social think, commentary, social social a, issues, social commentary, a lot of stuff. A little thick, but a good book. Just, just not at the right time, or not with the right marketing behind it, or whatever. But apparently, it's going to get his due with an appearance on Agents of Shield. Now, now the rumors don't suggest whether or not he will be a permanent fixture on the show or just a one-off appearance. But I, to be honest, as a bad podcaster and comic book fan, have not seen season two or three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Neither have I. Okay, so 
what the fuck do we know then? I don't know if it fits into the current uh, theme of the show. I did like the show. I didn't love the show. Same so, here. Hence is why I've only seen the first season and not season two or three. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I'm sure we'll get some more news. The television panels are coming later this week. And, you know, if stuff starts getting leaked out pretty heavy, they, they might not have been announcing it, but maybe they will now. We'll see. Looks like he made it 12 issues. Uh, and then he was part of, what was that, Secret Wars? Was Ghost Riders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he didn't really get necessarily a fair shake. Yeah, it, it seems like it was one of those books that got lost in the crossover shuffle and then forgotten about afterwards. So, no, they we'll wouldn't, see. They wouldn't forget if they didn't want to forget. <laughs> they, they didn't want to forget. It's a very good point, Matt. See, that's why we have you on the show, the voice of reason here. Oh, thank God, um, there's a reason. There is a reason. It's not just your, your charming personality and whatnot. Uh, that, that's a big part of not. it, though. <laughs> it's a big part. Personality. Um, you can't get by on personality. Well, it's yeah. got to be something. <laughs> so uh, also debuting at, uh, at Comic-Con this year is the one-ton bronze statue marking the 75th anniversary of Captain America. This statue is debuting in San Diego and will, will then be transported to Prospect Park, Brooklyn. There mm. will be a Captain America statue in Prospect Park, starting in uh in august and it's not a like hey come look at cap because it's going away in a week like this is just like the superman statue that's in um i think it's in cleveland uh, this will just be a permanent fixture in prospect park i think that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool i think it's super cool like that that moment from captain america's civil war where Cap looks at Spider-Man and he's, hey, kid, where are you from? You know, Spider-Man responds with Queens, Queens and Cap just looks at him and says, Brooklyn. And <laughs> off he goes. Like, that was such a cool moment. I was like, right on, man. Like this, like, oh, it was just, it was such a beautiful little, little moment of character development. Like it did, it did more for Spider-Man as a film franchise that I think any of the five Sony movies have done to that point because, <laughs> I mean, he's just a kid from Queens just like Cap is just a kid from Brooklyn trying to do the right thing yeah like I oh, just I thought it was a beautiful moment so to have this kind of permanent acknowledgement of Captain America being a hero from Brooklyn um Brooklyn a part of New York City a borough in New York City that has certainly seen its shares of super high highs and super low lows we are currently back on on a super high high for Brooklyn right now. I mean, have you seen Brooklyn real estate? It's insane. Yes. Just <laughs> fucking mania to try and live in Brooklyn right now. But I think this is super cool. I'm really excited about it. I hope we see more of this kind of shit. I want to see a fucking, I don't know, a, a squirrel girl up by the Great Lakes. I think that would be awesome. She's <laughs> she's coming in... Um. I don't know if there's a reason you said Great Lakes, but she's a new series coming out, Squirrel Girl and the Great Lakes Avengers. That's because of the old Great Lakes Avengers book that had Flatman and Squirrel Girl and a bunch of other bullshit. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, 
I forget sometimes that you have not been doing this as long as Evan and I have. Um, there is a really great, I believe it was Dan Slott, I don't remember the artist, about seven, eight years ago, did a Great Lakes Avengers book. Absolutely worth per- picking up. It's fucking fantastic. It's hysterical. I'll see if I can Because find they, it. they were a joke. They were just, you know, back, back in the late 80s, early 90s, that you had the Avengers, and then you had the West Coast Avengers. And then there was the Great Lakes Avengers who were just really shitty Avengers, but there they were up at the Great Lakes and Squirrel Girl is one of them. So really cool, uh, really cool book though that, that Dan Slott did. Um, Google introduced a new thing today for their Google Play uh, Books app. It's only available on Android right now, but through that app, you can buy a ton of Marvel books and a ton of DC books. And they've introduced a new feature called Bubble Zoom. And... If you've ever read digital comics before, one of the problems with it is that you have to kind of scan around the page and sometimes make your panels bigger or smaller, you know, to, to get to see the word bubbles. The, not, it, the reading of comic books digitally, I prefer it, to be honest, but I know a lot of people don't like, one, they don't like the feeling of not having paper in their hand, but two, there's, there's some certain limitations that come along with the digital platform. So what BubbleZoom is going to do is Google has been able to use their identification technology to be able to recognize on the page where the speech bubbles are or the thought bubbles are, and as you tap on the screen, those bubbles will get larger. So you'll be able to get a full page reading experience with the bubbles getting larger in the order that they're supposed to happen in the conversation. Interesting. Is that, because do you, you read digitally, right, Matt? Some, yeah. Some, do you, do you have a preference one way or the other? I do. I can tell you about this. Okay. Uh, I was just going to note that previously, the, by far the largest provider of digital comics is Comixology, mm-hmm. who introduced something called Guided View, which just cycles through each panel uh, full screen on your device. Uh, to alleviate the problem with them being too small on most digital devices. But right. that didn't do the the speech bubbles. It would just artfully guide you through each panel one by one. Made it pretty good on a phone and a bit better on a tablet. And uh, Did, as, Didn't you have to turn the device you were reading on, though? If they were formatted the differently, yeah. Okay. Because and that was like a pain. Some, yeah, some panels would be better vertical, so it would come to you vertically. Some panels would come horizontally, so you'd have to constantly... Fo- I mean, that is the epitome of first-world problems. Well, sure, but... I, <laughs> I, I mean, have to turn my expensive device to read my digital comic, but... But just by its own merits, it's annoying. Right. And so my preference, my preference is just to have a 10-inch tablet, which is almost the size of a comic page, so then mm-hmm. I don't have to do any zooming in particular... I just read the damn thing. Right. I love reading on my iPad. So do I. And now for me, the reason that I made the switch to digital comics storage. is because storage. Yeah. 100% storage. I went through and got a bunch of the stuff that I wanted to have that I would have kept the paper versions of, or the book versions of, I went and got a lot of that digitally and then gave away most of my quote unquote collection 
to people who had bigger houses than I did. Or, you know, I used to live in New York and in the city, you know, I mean, I say the city, I lived in Staten Island, but it's still all the problems of New York City, but none of like the benefits, you know, <laughs> living, living in a small place in the city, like when you have a wife and kids, or even if you like, just even if you're on your own, when space is at a premium, 12 long boxes of comics are just the last thing on that list. Yeah, I had to versus like pots and pans and shit. I had yeah. to count my boxes a while back and I was literally in disbelief of the number I came up with and had to recount several times because my eyes must have been playing tricks on me. <laughs> it's like 30 short boxes or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, that's an insane level of storage for shit that you don't use it's on a regular basis i wish i hadn't even mentioned it because i don't know what the hell i'm doing (laughs) so for me like the transition over to digital was born out of necessity but i prefer it now and have actually gotten to the point where i would rather have digital everything you know give me digital music digital movies digital games, digital books, comic books, whatever. I just, if I can get all of that shit that used to take up giant CD towers and DVD towers full of stuff is now on one hard drive or one device, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do so. But getting back to the original point, some of the, the reading on a, on an electronic device was not always the best. And here, this was really cool. They have a video of it. I have an iPad. I do not have an Android tablet, so I could not try this out. I'm really curious to see how the algorithm works based on if it just kind of goes down the page when it brings up the speech bubbles. Because for comics that have been coming out you know, a long time ago, that's fine. Everything was done in a very sequential order. But panels and the speech bubbles and the thought bubbles are certainly not conveniently placed all the time anymore. So no. it'll be interesting to see how that works and if it ever fucks up the conversation. I assume at least for a while, they'll probably have a feedback at the end of each issue. Like, hey, were your bubbles fucked? <laughs> I hope that's exactly what it says, too. Yeah, because... I hope so. But Super mega corporation Google is so- totally going to say, hey, were your bubbles fucked? <laughs> They might. Would would you be surprised at this point? I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. All right, two more. Two more stories here. Uh, Joe Casada is going to premiere a trailer for a new Marvel TV show on Saturday. Uh, so that would have been two days ago at the time of this recording. We will know what he premiered, but let's go ahead and wildly speculate to see if we got it right. Oh, wildly now, speculate? Sure. Well, or maybe not so wild. Oh. Maybe regularly speculate. Well, the wild speculation is obviously Moon Knight. Oh, let's let's hope so for Mr. Evan John. Absolutely. But, oh, you know, you the, more, the more reasonable speculation is what? Like, uh, I said, I don't know if he's the guy attached to Legion, which we know is coming out, at least as much as we can. Right. We know that there is a Fox X-Men Legion show that is going to happen. And we know that um, Hellfire was canceled, so it's not mm-hmm. that. We uh, have people are attached. Luke Cage coming in September. 
Which one? Sorry. Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, September. Luke Cage. But that's somebody else, right? Well, that's Netflix and Marvel. I mean, that's Joe Casada. Does that count as TV anymore? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so it can't so be that because we, we already know that. But we haven't seen a trailer yet. Oh, okay. But we could also have a trailer for Iron Fist because they've been shooting that. Yeah. And there's also the Cloak and Dagger show that is going to be on whatever the hell they changed ABC Family to. Re- rebound? Freestyle. Freestyle. Rebound. Stupid as hell. St- fucking dumb. I, I think the safe bet is Luke Cage. Oh, you do? Okay. I, th- I think that's the safe bet. I think the wild speculation that I'm going to go with, you said Moonwalker as wild, or Moonwalker, Moon Knight as wild No, Moonwalker, Michael Jackson, rebooted. Michael Jackson. I fucking love it. I Give me NFL Super Pro, the TV show. I can't fucking wait. Um, let's see, wild speculation. Moon Knight's good. I'm going to say... What if it is? Blade. Oh my God, what if it is? Oh, that would be the best but thing. But would, be, would he be attached to it, though? Who is Oh yeah, he is Joe Casada went from being the editor in chief to I believe he is now his official title is like chief creative officer. Oh, so he's, he's got big. A, yeah, he's got his fingers in all of the pies in the comics, in the movies, in the TV shows. He's kinda he's kinda all over the place. He he was just on Kevin Smith's podcast on on Fat Man on Batman, and he was dropping hints that they have a ton of shit that they have not announced that is just ready to go and he's super excited about it. So maybe maybe it's Moon Knight. My my wild speculation is that it's going to be a new Blade property. Uh-huh. I think the time is right for Blade. You think the time is right? I think so. Wesley Snipes is out of jail. <laughs> so oh, like would it be have... him? It wouldn't be him, would it? I don't think it would be him, but you don't have the stench of like, you know, former Blade movies with uh, you know, this guy who's in jail right now. And with the Netflix deal being as good as it is and with the Punisher show announced, Doctor Strange is about to come out later this year, so we're going to get introduced to some of the mystical side of the Marvel Universe, I think, bringing in vampires at some point. Why not? Could lay odds. for me. Is it going to be... Well, I don't even know how you'd... I was going to say, is it something we've heard about? Or is it going to be something brand new for visual or television media? No one knows. Nobody knows. We can't say. It's the beautiful thing. We'll know on Monday when this goes up. So can you believe what they announced, Dan? Oh, oh my, my God! I can. I'm it so was, pumped. Should we have a pause right here so that we can be like, I can't believe that they announced Squirrel Girl, and then we'll, we'll just edit it in in a minute. That's good. <laughs> I like it. All right, last thing I want to talk about, we're, we're getting almost to an hour here uh, for the show. A new trailer debuted today for the Suicide Squad movie. This one focused on the Joker. Matt, what were your thoughts? My thoughts were, well, I don't know. My thoughts were, holy shit, there's a Batman, because I didn't know. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with Suicide Squad. I mean, I knew he's affiliated, but I didn't know he's going to be in the movie. So that was my primary thought. And also, um, as we're recording, uh, the trailer spotlighting Harley Quinn came out. Did it? Well, I, so. I will. Uh, I will watch that as soon as we're done. But uh, but yeah, that was that's all I have to contribute because I'm not very invested in this movie. I am not invested at all. 
uh, that's not true. I'm very invested in this. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I, I want it to be great, but I, man, initial, you know, keyboard warrior rage that I have right now is that that is just not the Joker. Yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah. I know that I am in the minority of thinking that Heath Ledger's Joker was also not a very good depiction of the Joker. Interesting. Because he didn't play the Joker. Like, the thing about Joker is that... And Mark Hamill, Jack Nicholson got it right, Cesar Romero got it right on the old Batman 66 show. The Joker is actually having a really good time doing all of this shit. So don't he stop is, him now. He's having such a good time. He is having fun. There is... The Joker should be played with glee and glee and madcap adventure. Like, the Joker is not... As a character, he's not a dark, tortured, fucked up character. He's and that that to me has been the biggest problem with the Jared Leto Joker so far, is that across his forehead he has the word "damaged" tattooed. Now that's not in that, the movie, is it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's completely I didn't even tattooed. see that in the trailer. Harley's all tattooed in the movie. She has like a J on her face and shit. I knew like, that. Like these are these are like shitty prison tattoos that they gave each other. Now, if somebody else put damaged on the Joker's head like they were like it was a punishment to him, okay, maybe I could see that, but if these are all tattoos he wanted like Joker is having fun and there's no joy in this character. No? And it just seems fundamentally wrong. Now again, this is based off of a trailer and I haven't, you know, I reserve my right for final judgment until I see the rest of the movie. But based on the way the rest of the DC universe has gone, so far, there's not a smile to be had. So, hmm. I don't know. Uh, I want this to be great. I really do. Yeah, it would be great if it's great. I'm just not very sure it will be. I just think it looks awful. It doesn't look good. God damn it. But I mean, what's your what's your relationship with Suicide Squad? I I've read enough of the books on and off throughout you know, throughout the years. I don't love the current version that has Harley Quinn as the leader. I, I prefer the older stuff that was happening, you know, five, six years ago before the new fifty two. Those were were really excellent books, but Who led I, them before? Uh Catman was in charge for a little while and it was awesome. It was written by Gail Simone and it was great and it had a bunch of like B-list villains like which they do have a decent amount now. Sorry, did like, you say Catman? Yeah, Catman. Like Catwoman and then no. Catman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Catman. He's he's like Batman. Same kind of outfit and everything, but uh but he's cat. <laughs> It was good. It was, but like that was the whole point. Like Suicide Squad, there was a lot of it that was kind of tongue in cheek and and somewhat self aware. But it always took it always treated the material seriously without without taking itself too seriously. And 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 this, 
this version of the Suicide Squad appears to be taking the material seriously while also taking yourself way too seriously. Well, yeah. We're still playing off Nolan Batman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I. Oh, God, I don't I, Google Catman. Ugh. <laughs> did you get, did you get oh, something you, you want to see? God, can't close fast enough. <laughs> Dude, DC Comics Catman. Yeah, is, okay. Think, what you yeah. want yeah, to right. search for. But. I'm going to go right. Anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> while Matt throws up, announce a guy to tell us a couple things. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geekade crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geekade website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geekade by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekade.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Thanks again, announcer guy. And once again, thank you for checking out our show. If you have a minute when you're done listening to this fine Geek Aid podcast, why don't you head on over to Stitcher or iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Really does uh, help move us up the charts, gets more eyes and ears on the show, and it is absolutely free of charge. If you want to send us money, feel free. We'll take that too. I'm sure we have a Patreon or something floating around. No, If you we want don't. to get a hold of any of us, we don't? Damn it, we really should. How am no. I supposed to buy magic stones with my own money? <laughs> yeah, you, Nonsense, you make a you, you make a Patreon when you're pretty sure somebody's gonna give you money. I'm sure somebody would give us like two bucks. I let's let's make a Patreon and we'll see. We'll see if we can't get at least two dollars. Well, we'll it. we'll talk to the powers that be about making that. <laughs> I love it. If uh, if you want to get a hold of us, ask any of us a question, you can always send us a general email. That's mail at geekade.com. If you want to get a hold of any of us individually, you can follow us on various forms of social media. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at geekadedan. You can follow Matt. At kimono underscore vestlord. What? No. Uh, at geekadematt. <laughs> huh? At geekadematt. You can follow Dean at kimono underscore vestlord. And you can follow Evan John at GeekAid underscore Evan. Make sure to check us out next week when we have a whole new slew of books to talk to and the rest of the news that happened at San Diego Comic-Con. Until that time, for Evan Goldstein, for Dean DeFalco, for Matt Much, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan. And so am I. And so are we all.